Welcome to our New Deal podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Nicole. And today we are starting a new podcast focused on how politics around us affects us and how we view it. So Nicole, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Okay, so I'm a senior in high school. I'm probably going to go to the University of Pittsburgh next year and major in like political science and psychology potentially. Uh, I really got into politics like two years ago when I volunteered for Planned Parenthood uh, leading up to like the 2018 midterms. But more recently, I just finished interning for a congressional campaign uh, last November. For how I would like identify myself politically, I think I would classify myself as a leftist and I sometimes label it as a libertarian socialist, but I'm not so sure about that. And then as for my hobbies, I'm really into reading, watching YouTube and TV. I like to listen to music and podcasts. Uh, I like to ride my bike, rollerblade, and just hang out with my friends. Uh, so Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Nicole. Uh, yeah, I'm also a senior in high school, and I'm unlike Nicole, I'm actually committed to going to the University of Pittsburgh, and I'm going to be majoring in marketing and with a minor of political science. How I got into politics, um, it's kind of like it kind of just like spontaneously happened. But I started watching a bunch of the Biden campaign speeches as well as the Trump speeches. And I just kind of like figured, I don't know, I just started following it, you know, keeping up to date with the election and AP government really got me going into it. Uh, how I classify myself, I would definitely classify myself as a green Christian Democrat. Uh, I'm pretty religious and I use some of it to incorporate my views into politics as well as I'm 100% for the environment, green all the way. So for my hobbies, I do not know how to ride a bike or rollerblade. I'm not as cool as Nicole there, but I do like playing tennis. I go to the gym a lot, and I'm constantly listening to music and having podcasts in the background. So now just so that we have we give you like a better idea about our stances on certain areas, we're going to answer some questions about different hot topic policy areas. So the first one is... No one chooses their country of birth, so it's foolish to be proud of it. So, Zach, do you agree with this or not? Uh, when it comes to that, I, I actually do agree, but I'm kind of understanding. I understand people are for their country, the nationalism, you know, all the roots behind it. But sometimes people just take it a little too far and saying how this country is better than another. I think we should, the main focus is that all countries should come together and cooperate and make this world a better place. How do you feel about that, Nicole? Uh, I agree that this statement is correct. Like, I don't think that anybody should be super proud of their country because it's totally random where you end up being born. And I feel like all countries have positives and negatives. And I just think it's weird how excited people get about, like, saying their country's the best and stuff because I think it's totally random where you end up living, so. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with your points there. So I'm going to ask you a question, Nicole. What is your stance on abortion? I'm definitely pro-choice for sure. I think it should be up to the person who's pregnant. And I think it really comes down to bodily autonomy. Like, that's a huge thing in the Constitution that you can't force anyone to do anything with their body. So I think it should ultimately be the woman's choice whether they want to have the baby or not. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I'm also pro-choice. But when it comes to the moral of abortion, I'm I'm kind of hit or miss on it. I'm not a big fan of it. But when it comes to the political side of abortion, I myself or any politician feel like that no law should be made to force someone to do something. And it goes for women, men, all people, does not matter. So when it comes to being pro-choice, yes, I am pro-choice. But 
my stance on abortion, it's hit or miss. I haven't done enough research into that. So should the government increase environmental regulations to prevent climate change? So this is definitely one I think we're both more passionate about. I think for sure the environment is really the most important issue right now. It's like the biggest threat that's looming ahead of us. So I think it's something that we should really be focusing on. Um, so I think that the government needs to be so much more aggressive than they already are about the environmental protections because really, in my opinion, they're focusing way too much on the economy, but there won't be an economy if the earth is like uninhabitable because of climate change. So I feel like the climate should be our biggest focus right now, and we should really, I don't know, pull out all the stops to make sure that we're on the right track to reducing climate change. Yeah, you're right. I'm 100% passionate about the climate, the environment, all of the above, and I do think climate change is a hot topic and is my most prominent issue. Uh, one figure I want to look at was 2019 was the second warmest year on record recorded, and we have so many years behind that. And I think knowing that right now we already have the second warmest year, it's only going to go up for there. Um, 800 million people or 11% of the world is vulnerable to climate change impacts. That's droughts, floods, and just anything that has to do with the change of the environment. So I think we should really look into that and not to jump ahead on next episode, but I do think Biden joining the Paris Climate Accord, getting that back up, that's somewhere in a good place to be. Yeah, and there's a lot of facts about how horrible climate change is, but for me it really comes down to just, we cannot wait. This isn't something we can hesitate on. Like, things need to be done now to decrease our emissions and all that. Yep. Uh, but because we both pretty much agree to that on that one, let's move on to the next question, which is, should the Electoral College be abolished? Um, When it comes to Electoral College, for me, I don't think it should be abolished, but I think there definitely should be some type of reform for the system. Um, It's not proportional to the states. It has a really big fall, and I think the biggest fall is it only takes 11 of the biggest states to win. So that goes for Texas, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, California, all those states. If you just win them, you'll win. Obviously, with demographic trends, that is seemingly impossible. But with a lot of places like Texas and North Carolina slowly drifting left, I think it's going to become a lot easier for Democrats to win those states if they stay moderate in their policies. So I definitely agree with what you're saying about how it's not proportional, but I totally think that it should be abolished. I think it's a really outdated system, and I just don't see a reason for us having the Electoral College. I don't think there's any reason that the winner of the popular vote shouldn't win the election. And I just think it's kind of ridiculous how uneven the votes are. Also, um, about 61% of Americans want to abolish the Electoral College. So with that being such a strong majority, I don't think that politicians should keep preventing this. I think that it's time for the Electoral College to go. Yeah, as well to that, um, in 2016 election, 24 states were missed on the campaigns. So by abolishing it with your idea... It gives the uh, campaigns a little bit different of a strategy to approach to winning an election. So we'll move on to the next question with a little more similarity to our answers here. Should the government increase or decrease military spending? I definitely think that we should decrease it. This is another thing that I'm pretty passionate about where I just think our defense spending is so absurdly high. We spend $2 billion a day on defense spending, and I just think that is way too much when there's so many other problems that we're not really focusing on. And another fact that I find like really concerning and really ridiculous 
is that the U.S. spends more on defense spending than the next 10 highest spending countries combined. So China, Russia, Great Britain, all are like enemies, if you will. They're all spending way, way less than us, and I don't think there's any reason for us to continue spending this much. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think we should also decrease the military spending and a lot of unnecessary missions and lives lost with that big military spending. Um, excluding missions in Iraq and Afghanistan, our budget is still 3 to 1 to China and 10 to 1 to Russia. So we, like you said, we are just outspending so many other countries. And I think we should definitely stop that and float that money into different policies like environmental spending and educational spending. So then this next one, I feel like we might not be as passionate about it, but it is a hot topic issue right now. So should the federal government pay for four-year colleges or universities? In my in a perfect world, I would love for you know Joe Biden, any American president, to pay for my four years at Pitt. But sometimes that's just not possible. And I do think, yes, that the government should add a little more assistance to paying, especially for people who come from low-income families. But in the past 30 years after a study done, inflation has outpaced I've been outpaced by college tuition. College tuition keeps rising, but inflation is not rising with those ranks. So college tuition is becoming way too expensive for even the normal average middle class family. So for this one, I don't know as much about it, but I do think that the federal government should pay for four year colleges uh, because I don't I think if someone's passionate enough about getting a degree and furthering their education, their money shouldn't prevent them from doing that because I do know so many cases where people would like to go to college, but they just can't afford it. At the very least, I think we should really be looking into why college costs as much as it does because it is just such such a high amount. Uh, and I think there's so many ways that we could pay for it. Like, I really look at billionaires for this because billionaires are making so much that just a tiny tax on like the 614 billionaires in America could pay for public education. So I don't know why this is something that the government isn't acting on. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree with you there. So let's go to the next question then. Should funding for our local police departments be redirected to social and community-based programs? So I definitely think that it should. I think there's a lot of examples of this succeeding like in certain cities in the US that tried it, but also in other countries. So I think this is something that we should definitely start doing right now. The police system as a whole is just so corrupt to me because it was literally founded to help people keep their slaves. And to me, that is just so messed up that the police system we have today was purely founded on racism. And it's just ridiculous how um, unequal it is, how unequal police treatment is and how many problems we're seeing every day, even here in 2021. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think there should be some reform to the police system. I wouldn't say abolishing it, but definitely reforming it. Too many unnecessary lives lost on both colors of the wheel, uh, misarrest, and psychological damage for people who have been misarrested, or even the cops themselves. It needs reformed, but I don't think abolishing it is the best option because here and there, cops do good things, and there are good cops out there. Not all cops are bad. But I think there definitely needs to be some reform into the education behind cops and, you know, the techniques that they're taught. So, yeah, we definitely disagree a little bit on how to go about that. So <laughs> that is something that I think we could cover a lot more. But moving on, should the government increase the federal minimum wage? 
When it comes to the federal minimum wage, I think there definitely should be an increase, but I do not like this jump from 7.25 to 15. As much as I would love to be getting paid $15 to push carts at Wise Market, I would also like it to slowly increase but not creating a big inflation. You're supposed to raise the minimum wage to combat inflation, but over the past years, inflation has occurred, no minimum wage has gone up. So, making the argument that this inflation is like a high inflation to be caused by a new raise of minimum wage, I think is kind of irrelevant because we've seen in the past that inflation has occurred even when you do not affect the minimum wage. So maybe this is dumb, but I feel like the fact that so many people can work like full-time jobs at minimum wage and not have enough to live, that is a huge problem to me. So I think it should be increased very abruptly. And just based on how minimum wage has been increasing since its start it should be way higher than it is right now like it has barely increased in the past several decades and i think that's a really big problem i think that the whole idea of the minimum wage is that if somebody's working a 40-hour week minimum wage should be enough for them to survive they shouldn't have to worry about you know making their paychecks cover everything it should be a living wage so i think it needs to increase by a lot and very immediately nice so while we're staying on for our last question we'll stay on the topic of the economy do you think the u.s should raise taxes on the rich the top one percent in america absolutely i think that the taxes on the top one percent and billionaires and all those people it's way way too low i think that Billionaires shouldn't even exist. I know that might be like a little controversial, but billionaires could not exist without exploiting workers who literally make the profit for them. Uh, and I don't think anybody needs that much money. Like nobody needs to have billions of dollars, almost trillions for like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos when there are people that are living on the streets, like people who are dying because they don't have enough money. Uh, and also billionaires are actually taxed less than the average American. But if we just tax them, like a higher amount they could pay for so many social prob programs and solve so many problems that we're really struggling with right now in the u.s yeah um to kind of combat that it's kind of a weird point here but i kind of think the 37 percent top tax bracket is seemingly fine where it is now but i believe like there's so many loopholes and ways to get away with legal fraud i put that in quotations when filing your taxes that it makes it so people like Donald Trump only have to pay $700 in taxes according to his tax return form. Yeah, I think there's way too many loopholes. I would have to look more into it, but I really doubt that any billionaires are actually paying 37%. And I just think it's so absurd that there's such a great amount of wealth inequality in the U.S. Uh, but again, that's a topic that we could talk about for a lot of time another day. So those are basically all the policy questions that we're going to talk about today. We clearly both have our ideas about what the U.S. should be doing, how we should be addressing problems, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how this new, how the Biden administration attacks these really hot topic policy issues. Uh, so that's something that we're going to be looking at in the coming months, weeks, years, whatever. Yeah, thank you for listening to our New Deal podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Nicole. And make sure you tune in for our next episode.